Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Do you know who Simone Biles is? World's greatest gymnast? Sure. She's got a new move that she uh, she invented. Several of her moves are so difficult they've been named after. Her latest is uh, is called the Yurchenko Double Pike. I'm going to make that my goal this year. I'm going to learn yes. to do the Yurchenko Double Pike, whatever it is, and then perform it Yeah, on a trampoline or something. Fairly, I love it. I'm fairly certain she's so good at gymnastics, she's done moves that they have banned. They're like, no, we can't. Yeah, that's that's right. too dangerous. To do that. <laughs> but, Jack, if you're not getting stronger, you're getting weaker at this age. So I encourage you in this quest, which will surely end up with you in traction. In this particular move of hers, the Yurchenko Double Pike, gravity seems to have been taken by surprise. <laughs> They claim. Ah, right. Ah, okay. <laughs> she springs way up in the air. Why don't you just do a saying. handstand or a cartwheel or something? And we all say, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it is remarkable if you see, like, what the gold winning, uh, gold medal winning vault was from, like, the 20s and compare it with whatever <laughs> Simone Biles is doing. It's a guy leaping over a stick. Yeah. He just jumps over it. He's essentially doing what I do when I what I did over like fences that went up to your waist when I was in junior high, where you, you just kind of put your hands on it and hop over. We've we've asked the question: What's the Olympic event that you would be the least humiliated in? And it would probably be like a hundred yard dash because I'd lose sure. by twenty five, thirty yards. That's but... how we ended up with me running the hundred yard, the hundred meters. Is, ah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I could do that. I would lose by a lot, but I could do it. Well, and a lot is like from here to, you know, that wall over there yeah. in a 100-yard dash. Yeah. So, but the, the the event that you'd most likely to be killed, it's got to be the vaulting, right? Vaulting. Maybe ski jumping? Oh, oh ski jumping is the last thing. Zero by far. Pole that vault, I, want to... I would be terrified to try. Yeah, but I don't not... think I'd get eight feet off the ground. No, but I'm not going to die. <laughs> That's I, true. I, I'm going to die trying to ski jump. I think I could Or just in... the men's downhill. I'm not even sure I could just... Like hang onto the snow and slide down on my butt without dying. I can pizza thing. wedge it down down the whole way. Do do the little pizza slice with your skis and you're good enough to do that because it's steep. I might have to that do this. Steep. I'd scoot down on my butt for a little bit. <laughs> you would plunge down on your butt, then your head, then your butt, then your head, then your butt, then what used to be your head. I firmly believe I could substitute in day of for any Olympic caliber curler and maybe lose ten percent of what they would get. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wonder about that myself. I hey, can uh, do the rifle stuff okay. Anyway, moving along. Uh, is there something we can tease of of note before I get into this? Um, we probably oh, should man. talk more about the Biden agenda slowing down. That's uh, front, page, yeah, it, front page USA Today. Biden's road turns rockier. New obstacles pop up in his second 100 days. Yeah, the whole turning America into France thing has hit the brakes. I mean, I wouldn't Good. Uh, avert my gaze yet, but uh, it's definitely slowed down. And uh, let's see. Oh, segregated spaces now accepted in America's public schools. Segregation is back, baby. Brown versus education be damned. Stay with us. So I talked about this on Friday, and the reason I bring it up is it's going to uh, come up in conversation because I talk about my personal life a fair amount on this here radio show, and it won't make any sense if I, if I don't mention this first. Um, I'm getting a divorce. Uh, I'm very uh, unhappy about this, and uh, I have to be careful talking about it, or I will start crying and nobody wants to listen to that. I also have to be careful talking about it in that while I am willing to share every aspect of my personal life with any any stranger I meet, uh, for whatever reason, that's just the way I'm built, um, and would be happy to talk about anything going on in my life, people who are in relationships with me, whether it's my wife or my kids, did not sign up for that. So 
I, uh, you know, I, I keep that in mind at all times. But I am going through divorce, and it has been uh, a very, very long couple of weeks. Uh, I'll just read a couple. Got uh, uh, oh, one of the reasons I brought this up is we got a gazillion texts. Like I don't remember the last time we got this many long texts from people. And I'll just read piles a couple of, of emails as well. By the way, uh, just listened uh, to hour four from the podcast the other day, and like other listeners, I was stopped in my tracks when Jack spoke, Jack spoke about his situation. I feel terribly for you and the family. Hang in there, Jack. Wishing the best for you. Somehow, I'm more sad that when I, about this than when I found out my close friend and his wife were splitting. Goes to show how terrific your show is and how personable the whole crew uh, is. So appreciate that about uh, this radio show and everybody on it. Also, this one, Jack. I think we all knew when you told the story about eating the pie in the car that something horrible had happened in your life. Bunch of people picked up on that. So yeah. a week or so ago, I told about sitting in my truck and eating half of a pie from the grocery store or the or it's costco i ate a half a costco pie sitting in my truck and a bunch of people picked up on what was going on there i thought that's really interesting yeah i wouldn't have picked up on that i don't think uh i'm so sorry to hear about praying for you and uh the whole family uh and then a bunch of nice stuff after that but people who who grasp hmm, eating a pie in your truck something has come off the rails there yeah, it it has a certain feel to it. I thought it has the vibe of not just a guy who's hungry for pie. Right. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was interesting. Jack, five years ago, my hubby and I started seeing this guy to help us guide our kids through our divorce. I didn't know there were people who did that. We were more than done with our marriage beyond repair. No one could have predicted how he cut to the core problem of our marriage. It was incredibly difficult and painful, but he miraculously saved our marriage, even though we didn't want to want to or expected that. We've never felt so close and connected, and our beautiful family is intact, and they're so happy to be healed. Holy cow. That's really interesting. I don't know what... Um, that is not going to happen in my case. I didn't mention it for that reason, but I just I didn't know there were people like that that existed taking on that, trying to cut to the core of your problems and fix it. Well, yeah, there are quite a few counselors in the world who are crackpots, in my opinion. Oh, hmm, yeah. It sounds like that may be a really gifted one. But so... Uh, I'm working up to something that I think will be interesting to everybody. Um, this has been by far the most painful thing I've ever dealt with for the last several weeks. I don't know if it's because of what uh, the emphasis I put on family. I wanted my kids to grow up the way I grew up, and they're not going to. And that is as heartbreaking to me as anything possibly could be. Um, I've had people say, well, you went through cancer. That's a bigger deal than this. Maybe it is for you. It isn't for me. It's not even close. When I found out I had cancer and going through that, this isn't even, that wasn't even a tenth of the direction uh, of the pain of this for me. So, uh, but I have gotten a gazillion texts from people talking about, oh yeah, it is like you've had an arm cut off or several deaths in your family or whatever. So, you know, for some people it is a big deal, but I've had, it's amazing to me how many times this has come up. So do you remember a couple of weeks ago when I brought you the information? Maybe you're smart and you already knew it. I didn't know it. When I brought you all the information that the famous Robert Frost poem, The Road Not Taken, is the opposite of the way it's used all the time. There have been thousands, this is documented, thousands of graduation speeches in which they (laughs) quote The Road Not Taken and say, and I took the path less traveled and has made all the difference. The point of the poem is it doesn't make any difference which path you take. But everybody <laughs> takes it as I did the bold, courageous thing, and that's how I was successful. Yay! Right. Right. And so it's the exact opposite. 
I felt the same way when I found out this. So many people in the last couple of weeks have brought up the stages of grief. You've heard before also that um, uh, a divorce has all the characteristics of a death, and I, pff, I, you know, I've never met with any death that's even close to this either. Maybe someday I will. I hope I don't. But um, the, the 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 stages of grief. In fact, uh, 2019 was the 50th anniversary of the famous book on death and dying that featured the Kubler-Ross model for the five stages of grief. That book has been around for 50 years. It has been translated into 41 languages and has sold 8 quintillion copies. Mm. And people still reference the stages of grief all the time. Like I said, I've had it referenced to me I don't know how many times in the last several weeks. And uh, if you do any research on it whatsoever, the five stages of grief postulates that those experiencing grief go through a series of five emotions. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Although commonly referenced in popular culture, studies have not empirically demonstrated the existence of these stages. The model is considered to be outdated, inaccurate, and completely unhelpful in explaining the grieving process. (laughs) (laughs) Well, So while I've had it mentioned to me over and over the last couple of weeks... According to current science, it is of no help whatsoever, and they, they, they nobody has ever identified that in any empirical way whatsoever, that that's a truism for human beings. Hmm. How many times hmm. have you heard that? You know, I, I'm for the defense, I will speak. It obviously... You're in defense of... Of, of the, the book the, and those ideas. The stages, okay. Yeah, obviously You're it not in defense resin- of pain. You're not defending pain, is no, it? No, 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 just the an book. enjoyable I, I, part of life. I'm good Lord. No, I am coming to the defense of the book just to point out it obviously resonated with people and they thought that sounds right to me, which doesn't mean it's it's right. And you everybody goes through it in that order or anything like that. That sounds like something I would say that makes perfectly good sense to me. The only way that catches on is if everybody hears that and think, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. By the way, I've got a friend who's a doctor. And he's a little older, and so the very person that came up with those stages of grief gave a lecture to him when he was a medical student. Mm. And the topic of the stages of grief came up, and somebody brought up the idea of the which one is first, or why is this second? And the and the the, the person, what is the name of the doctor? Doesn't really doctor matter. something or other Kubler Ross, as I yeah, recall, one of the two, um, said they weren't meant to be any in any order. And I made a mistake, and I presented it in such a way that people thought it, were, it was in a particular order. Really? But it's not in any order at all. Um, so even even the intent of the person who came up with this has been misconstrued um, yeah. in, in popular culture that you go through these in order. No, it's in no order, and there's no and there, there's just no belief that like you finish one and go to the next. You jump in and out of these at random points. Well, so the term throughout. stages is ill applied. It's more like uh, yeah. aspects of grief. Yeah, I don't know what the proper word would be, but right, yeah, stages yeah. is wrong. Yeah, because yeah. stages of life are in a certain order. Sure. Stages of a rocket are, yeah, so that makes sense to me. So, yeah, you'll go through any of these um, in any particular order, and then you and might back get out, and, forth. and then back and forth until you don't anymore. i got to believe acceptance happens at some point, and then you stop going through those, but. Which yeah, is, although I'll bet you th- there are plenty of examples in my own life. I I think I accepted something, then I kind of unaccepted it for a while. Right. And so, had, had to re-accept it. None of these is um, pain so deep you can't sleep or eat or think of anything else, and that seems to be the stage I'm in right now. So, 
man, oh man, oh man, if only there were a faster way to do this. Now, the current science on that is that's the exact wrong thing to do. You mm-hmm. need to just have it be what it is for however long it has to be until you get through it. But, man, when you're in it, that is sure as hell not what you want to do. That is sure as hell not what you want to do. Yeah, I can't imagine. You want to, uh, you know, well, and a lot of people do this. You distract it with something. Drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling, buying things, whatever. Right. And I'm trying not to do any of those things because I want to get this behind me. I'll never get the, you know, the kids and everything else behind me, but I want to get the pain part behind, behind me so I can just freaking function. Anywho... Appreciate all the uh, very, very nice texts. You know what? I didn't come across one hateful text, and I went through a bunch of them. Wow. And I'm, I'm sure I'll get them. I'm sure I'll get them. I'll send you one now if you want. Yeah, that, you know, that would be kind of be my comfort spot. It's like that first smudge on the shoes we were talking about last week. It's now you can relax. I've listened to you for years. I always wondered how she put up with you this long. You know, boy. that sort of thing. Oh, boy. That's what I expect from some of you. All right, starting again. That's what I was writing. <laughs> Sorry if I took your idea. Anyway, that's you know, enough of that. Uh, speaking of husbands and wives, the husband of a mayor who wanted police defunded has just been busted for being a cocaine dealer. I think I have a feeling I know why she wanted the police defunded. <laughs> she just didn't get it done in time. The hilarious details in moments. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You've got to make a great taco. One of the great things about these are they're a great source of protein. I'm snapping the wings off, which are easily done after they've been dehydrated, and then snapping the legs off, just because they're easier to eat this way. Anytime anybody says, and it's a good source of protein, you know they're trying to get you to eat something you don't want to eat. That's a guy making tacos out of cicadas. Arg. I don't, yeah, I don't get adventure eating. There's, there's plenty of things I like. <laughs> Seems are poor. I, I don't need it a freaking bug. A lot of the uh, the bug-eating movement has some uh, environmental activism uh, behind right. it as well, yeah, which is you, where a lot of the yeah. energy comes from. Yay. Man, I'll for, I'll never forget the whole cicada onslaught when I was a little kid. Man, that was that was one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen. It was like being in a science fiction movie. Hmm. If if you can't relate, one thing you could do is go to armstrongandgetty.com under hot links, which we're trying to to display more prominently because it's frustrating for y'all to find. Uh, I know that. Um, but there's a uh, really cool life cycle of the cicadas thing. I think it was the Wapo or the New York Times did uh, the other day. Uh, to look at it, armstrongandgetty.com. <clears throat> Mayor Lovely Warren of Rochester, New York, was in favor of change. She told NPR that the police are a military organization that do, that are technically supposed to answer to civilians, but it doesn't mesh well. She wants policing reimagined. She wants to defund the police. The rest of it, blah, 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 brought in a new chief, the rest of it, well... Her husband just got busted for peddling cocaine as part of a drug ring in the city. New York State Police took Timothy, 
Granison into custody Wednesday evening after executing a search warrant at their home. Uh, he was busted after an extensive sting operation that spanned seven months, led to the seizure of two kilos of powdered and crack cocaine, valued at sixty grand, three guns, and more than a hundred thousand dollars in cash. Wow! This guy has an armed robbery conviction from nineteen ninety-seven. He was sentenced to five years probation. I wonder what that deal was. I think he'd get actual hard time for armed robbery, but maybe it was drug dealers robbing each other. But I've got to admit, the mayor says, we need to defund the police, whose husband happens to be <laughs> the operator of a drug ring. is just a pretty good delicious. one. That's a good one. Hilarious. Oh, I know. Nice. I know what we were going to come back with when we forgot to. Hmm. The, uh, the, uh, the triumph over a mortality. Oh, yeah. Beating back the clock, etc. Hit us with that, Sean. The what? Triumph over mortality. Beating back the clock. Defying clip time. Five. Defying time. <laughs> There's no reason why at an older age you cannot be at your best. It just takes a little more work. And I, I'm going to cherish this uh, this tournament as though it's my last, because it very well may be. But hopefully not. Phil Mickelson. Oldest guy ever to win a major golf tournament when the game is just teeming with young flat bellies who can rubber spines, hit the ball 6,000 yards. <laughs> Amazing that an old guy said he vanquished them all. Stood on the, stood over them. I, whatever I am, you used to be, or whatever. Probably on the same that. drugs that Kentucky Derby horse was on. We'll find out. Whatever it takes. Armstrong and Getty. This might actually be my favorite song of all time. This uh, might be the best song of all time. Yeah, it sure might be. Uh, Bob Dylan is 80 years old today. He's 80. Wow. 80. And um, you know, it actually leads us into our discussion of uh, the Middle East because Bob Dylan, a Jew, briefly became a Christian, then went back to being a Jew again. At no point was he a Palestinian, however. I don't know if he's ever hurled rocks at himself. <laughs> Inappropriate. I disapprove of that that attempt at humor. It was an attempt to transition from Bob Dylan's birthday <laughs> and his confusing religious history yes. to the Middle East. Mercurial Bob Dylan. Uh, so a couple of the uh, the sages... You gotta serve somebody. You might be the heavyweight champion of the world, but you gotta serve somebody, which is true. It, it may be the devil, and it may be the Lord, but you gotta serve somebody. Always love that song. So, a couple of sages were weighing in on the Israeli-Palestinian uh, flap over the weekend, including uh, Robert Gates and George Will. Gates, of course, famously sec-deaf for both Republicans and Democrats, uh, well thought of on both sides of the aisle, and as far as I know, in the middle of the aisle as well. Let's play clip 35 of Robert Gates. I think there's very little prospect of uh, a peace between them at this point. I don't think there has been uh, in quite a long time. And I think, I think, in fact, one of the things that produced the breakthrough with the Abraham Accords uh, between the Israelis and the Gulf states and others has been sort of essentially setting aside the Palestinian issue. And and moving on uh, to a, a, a region that has changed in some pretty dramatic ways, um, which basically leaves the Palestinians out in the cold. 
I was interested in so much talk of the two-state solution over the weekend from various people. I thought that everybody had given up on that. I think they ought to. I mean, maybe like a stop clock, I'm only right a couple of times a day. But as I said last week, the Israelis have made the calculation that these negotiations are getting them nowhere and never will. And so they are simply going to win by winning, not win by, you know, compromising or giving. Uh, One more quote from Gates or Cliff, rather, 36, please. The truth is almost every president has made a, a, a real effort and so these efforts have been stymied time and time again. And, and I would say there have been Israeli prime ministers who were actually interested in a solution. But, but the Palestinians couldn't bring themselves to say yes. Boy, and that was true year after year, administration after administration, from Carter to Clinton. Oh, my gosh. Down. So Rahm Emanuel was on uh, ABC this week yesterday, and he went through what the Palestinians turned down in the Clinton uh, peace process. And I mean, and it was, if you're not going to take that, forget it. Yeah. And, um, and they walked away from it. Yeah. George Will with a fairly similar take, clip 52. This was the fourth Gaza war. Does anyone here want to bet your net worth that there won't be a fifth? Of course there will. No, I... It's a mark of a mature mind of an individual or a nation that it can distinguish between a problem and a mess. A problem like in a problem of geometry, a problem of unemployment implies a solution. There's no solution here. We shouldn't pretend there is. Yeah, it's it's a problem of the modern world. Because in the pre-modern world, might made right. You just, if I can take it, I take it. And you submit because you got no other choice. And it's done and it's over. The reason France's borders are what they are, the reason our borders are what they are, the reason every country in the world's borders are what they are, is because they made somebody to submit to it at the point of a gun or a sword. And, uh, and they stuck. But in the modern world, because you're not allowed to just wipe them off the planet if you want to, to, to make it yours, um, you, you try to come up with some other way, and nobody's figured out the, the other way is yet. Well, the uh, the proof that you're right is the places around the world where they are still doing it the old way, but they can because nobody's really paying attention. Right. There are a handful of African borders where they're doing it the old-fashioned way and how, and it's gruesome. But the Israeli-Palestine thing has the, uh, the attention of the world. One more from uh, George Will. I thought this was a good point. 53. Progressives like victims. For a long time, Israel was David, not Goliath. Now, today, the Palestinians are victims, and they're getting the support of the, of the sentimentalism about Israel. Mozart and the orange groves and all that stuff has gone away, and it's now a mighty military power with a booming information age economy. It's not as sympathetic as it was. So part of the generational divide that Ram is talking about is young progressives who feel none of this attachment to Israel and who look upon Israel as someone who's militarily competent, strong, vibrant society, and they kind of resent it next to the Palestinians. True that. So we got something really, really funny coming up. Um, Saturday Night Live had their uh, season finale, and uh, as has been the tradition of the last couple of years, the hosts for the news write each other jokes <laughs> to try to make them look bad. Yes. And we've selected a couple that are pretty funny, if you can stick around for that. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Oh, plus there was something else I was all excited about. 
Uh, well, we'll figure it out. Uh, hey, uh, our friends at Simply Safe with a quick message, then we'll get right back into our delightful regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> uh, they, they want you to reimagine the, the feeling of security of getting tucked into bed, you know, with the family, with your friends, the feeling that, of security that only comes through a human connection. And that's why the people at Simply Safe Home Security are so important. Yeah, Simply Safe has an award winning system that has all the technology bells and whistles that you'd expect. But it is the people that really take it to the next level. They're there around the clock anytime you need them, whether it's to come save you, fire, police, all that sort of stuff, or to help you set the darn thing up. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong to get started. You can set this thing up in about 30 minutes. Yeah, and to customize the system to your place, your needs, takes about two minutes on the website. Super easy. Learn more about how Simply Safe can help protect you and your family, your workshop, your band's rehearsal space, whatever. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You get a free security camera 60-day risk-free trial that's simplysafe.com slash armstrong it's very important that you understand how the premises of this works or we're going to be in trouble you see so you got two guys on saturday night live that do the fake news you got a white guy and a black guy on the last show of the year they write each other jokes to say to make (laughs) each other look bad and they do not share the the first time the person sees the joke that they are uh, being forced to write is on the air live so the black guy this aired on national tv yes so the black guy writes a joke for the white guy that will make him look bad vice versa okay so this is how uh, this is just a portion of it oh hey matt can you get my pc here Warner, Warner Brothers is producing a new movie in which Superman is black. And a black Superman actually makes a lot of sense when you remember that Superman was abandoned by his parents as a baby. Well, I knew you'd like that one, so here's another one. <laughs> Warner Brothers is producing a new movie in which Superman is black. In this version, black Superman's kryptonite is an honest day's work. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Really doubling down on black Superman. San Diego police are being invest- investigated after video surfaced of them using excessive force on a homeless black man accused of urinating in public. But... I say great work, great work keeping our streets clean, boys. <laughs> yes, sir. Anything the police do is all right with old Mikey Che. I know I'm probably the only black man brave enough to say this on live TV, but blue lives matter even more. <laughs> oh, geez, blue oh lives matter even more. That that's uncomfortable. That's some edgy humor, both directions. I love oh, their friendship. That ah. is such a great, healthy, just guy friendship. Yeah, that's good stuff. Is it? I think well, so. I'm, well, <laughs> just for, for what it is, is you you took great pains to point out the premise of the yeah. thing. Oh yeah, it's good stuff in terms of executing that premise because I was incredibly uncomfortable through the entire thing. Kryptonite is an honest day's work. Come oh, on, jeez, Louise. Oh, Mikey J. <laughs> you know, and it, it reminds me, I'm not saying this in our defense, because I don't feel like we need to be defended on any level, but I laughed several times at those jokes. And one thing people who want to crucify other people pretend not to understand or don't understand is frequently people laugh when they're uncomfortable. Or you can, or you can, you, we've said this a thousand times, I'm amazed that others 
don't believe it's true. You can laugh at things that you don't agree with at all. Right. You don't, not even a tiny bit. Yeah, humor takes certain forms. The surprising twist, understatement, overstatement, there are a variety of ways jokes work. And if somebody executes that perfectly, you laugh. You have to. Your brain makes you laugh. That doesn't mean the politics of the joke or something you agree with. Yeah, anybody who claims you're endorsing a point of view if you laugh at something... um, Anyone who claims a joke is a point of view. Yeah, is is just an idiot or just trying to make political hay. It's just just dumb. Yeah, well, they're predators. But it happens all the time. There's nothing funny about racism, Joe. We'll stop a city council meeting you know, flat if you play that joke. <laughs> Come watch Richard Pryor with me and tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's been discontinued. Uh, anyway, we've got more stuff we got to get to. Text line 415-295-KFTC. You can now drink standing up at San Francisco bars because everybody knows COVID is too lazy to stand up or... What the hell? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This could be giant news. You never know what's the big news until you got the uh, 2020 hindsight thing going. But this could be big news today. So for quite a while now, the U.N. has been able to inspect some of the nuclear facilities there in Iran to try to see if they're making a bomb or not. Well, Iran announced over the weekend, yeah, you're not doing that anymore. Oh, boy. No more inspections of our nuclear facilities. The, uh, The three month, the latest agreement ran out and they didn't renew it. So... There's only one reason you don't allow people to come look at your nuclear facilities, because you're making a bomb. Yeah, either that or it's the whole, uh, uh, North Korea is real good at this. You're a cooperative, then you're belligerent. And, uh, you know, you're cooperative, you get stuff, then you become belligerent and demand more stuff. And then when you're cooperative, you know, it's just, it's a game. Well, they Hamas play. did throw all those Iranian missiles into Israel, so they got to replenish it. Maybe they're just going to try to get some money so they can. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, they're up to uh, no good. So for the the grand hypocrisy and idiocy during COVID award for one of the American states, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to choose a winner. I mean, Michigan, uh, the the governor got another Gavi award earlier in the show for going out with a bunch of friends and all sitting together. Governor Whitmer, even as she was forbidding common people to do the same thing, her second Gavi, by the way, you got New York, Cuomo killing the old people, covering it up. California, of course, has been just a master class in stupid, ignoring the science behind the times, holding on to the emergency long after it's over, etc. So having said that, San Francisco further relaxed restrictions on restaurants and bars uh, Thursday. Several key changes, including that bargoers can now drink while standing. Because, of course, COVID can't get that high anymore. It used to be able to get five feet in the air, but now it's tired or something. This means customers can drink while playing pool or arcade games. In, 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 I meant to say this in advance. Picture the idea of any of this stuff being enforced. <laughs> and by whom? This means customers. This means customers can drink while playing pool or arcade games in groups of up to eight people, with at least six feet between groups. Wait a minute! You have nine people and you're seven feet apart, or you have seven people but you're five feet apart. Out! Get out! 
Distancing requirements at and bar why? counters will also be relaxed. This is kind of interesting. This, so the I can be with seven people that are in my group. Yes. But not with somebody from another group. No. I guess because I, in theory, know my group doesn't have COVID. That other group. I don't like the looks of them. Right. Bar tables without seats and other unseated configurations are allowed for groups of up to eight people, again, with at least six feet of distancing between groups. At restaurants, people will no longer have to be seated to be served food or drinks. So you couldn't have like an outdoor cafe table where you're standing. You had to be seated because COVID's up high, Mm -hmm. so you got to duck below it. More interactive food preparation styles like at sushi bars or Benihana restaurants are permissible even when full social distancing between employees and customers is not feasible for reasons that are not explained because you didn't have the balls to shut them down because, you know, the science doesn't support any of this crap you're doing? Maybe? Meanwhile, San Francisco, as we mentioned earlier, last year more than twice as many deaths from drug overdoses as the Chinese bat fever. 700 to 300. Not even close. And this year is supposed to be worse for drug overdoses. I have not heard whether San Francisco has issued any new edicts for dying or not dying of fentanyl overdoses, which are sweeping the city. Actually, there's a big move in California to decriminalize like all hallucinogenic drugs. It's, uh, I think it's in the state Senate. I got a buddy who's uh, really in favor of that. Yeah, there are aspects of it that I'm definitely in favor of, because uh, there are some really interesting and promising experiments that have been done with, uh, like, MDMA and uh, and psilocybin with post-traumatic stress disorder and all sorts of stuff like that. So, yeah, get get them off the Schedule 1 or Schedule A or uh, heap big drug list or whatever it's called. Um, one more related, somewhat related story of COVID. Great example of what we were talking about <clears throat> earlier. This happens to be, excuse me, Sound a little like the great Bob Dylan, who's turning 80 today. Uh, for all the people, this is from CNN. For all the people who are clamoring to get back out into the world post-vaccine, there are plenty who are saying, nope, we aren't ready. Their lives haven't changed since getting vaccinated. This is their new normal. And it's about people who are afraid to do anything, even though they're fully vaccinated. And all these stories are presented like, oh, isn't that precious? No, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're vaccinated and there's no COVID in your town. What are you doing? There's something wrong with you. Get a therapist. You're an idiot or you have, uh, it's not a mental illness exactly. You are a victim of irrational emotional thoughts and you need to try to overcome them. Yeah. You're doing something that's unhealthy. Here are their stories as told in their own words. And there is not an ounce of, and some of these are downright freaking tragic. I'm not even going to read them to you. We've talked about this before. Our weird society has taken the princess and the pea fable and decided, that makes sense. You should be so precious that if there's a pea under 50 mattresses, you can't sleep at night. That makes perfectly good sense. That's that's a really good illustration. If you're you're upset by even the the slightest this or that, you're you're elevated to a certain level of preciousness. And we're supposed to admire that, I guess. Here's a woman who's terrified of going into a restaurant. Okay. Well, here's, then you've, got, you've got problems. Here's she's happy doing things on her own, but she misses her grandsons. Won't see her grandsons. Even though she and her, her husband, she's had both vaccine shots. I will not be going out and about or visiting with my family until my two young grandsons get their immunizations. You, lady, 
you are wrong, you misunderstand the medical science, and or you have a neurosis that should be treated. He's afraid to walk into a grocery store, but the gym keeps him sane. Big, strong dude, fully vaccinated, won't go to the grocery store. All right. Hey, Jermaine in Dallas. I've been to the grocery store 75 times. I'm fine. You'll be fine. Not at least. She misses bartending, but she won't be going back. On and on it goes. It's sad, and not a single word of, these people have obviously gone nuts because of the media and government's fixation on COVID and haven't realized that they're ill-serving their own mental health. Not to mention, well, the one guy's going to the gym, so his physical health is pretty good. He looks pretty buff, actually. Who am I to criticize him? Uh, It's just crazy, though. The princess and the pea in reverse. Well said, sir. Thank you. Is that the uh, theme of your, your quickie talk show host book? Should be. Like Somebody that. ghostwrite it. We'll put our names on it. We'll split the money. I need something like that. I do. Yeah. Something to focus my attention on. The, the a P new paradox. project. The, the P paradox. There you go. Nah, That's not bad. People think it's like, uh, you know, prostate related or something. I don't know. Uh, so maybe they yeah. buy it for the wrong reasons. I'm yeah. here for numbers. Exactly. <laughs> what you need is a new project where somebody else does all the work. Yes. And you take the credit. Right. I'm not and sure. the that profits. Would, I'm, not, I'm not sure that would help me, but. Uh, well, half the profit. We're not greedy. We're not crazy. <laughs> If you missed any of the show, you can catch the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com, armstrongandgetty.com. Looking at the text line, lots of texts coming over the weekend from those of you who catch the show later, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. If you're outside, you can catch it outside. How about that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. I just I love that clip so it's, much. It's a good one. Catch me it's outside. A... Uh, armstrongandgetty.com is where you find all that stuff. Armstrong and Getty.